Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It was a heart-wrenching news conference yesterday that was Burnsville Police Chief Tanya Schwartz talking about her two fallen officers, Matthew Ruge and Paul Elmstrand, both 27 years old, and paramedic firefighter Adam Finspeth, who died. He was at the age of 40, all three shot in the line of duty. And joining me now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline is Brian Hubbard, president of the Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial Association. Brian, you do important work, but it's work you hope you're never going to have to do, right? Providing services to those killed in the line of duty? Yeah, obviously, uh, obviously, all law enforcement officers go to work every day, as the chief said, knowing that uh, it's possible, but when uh, when it happens and they're called to make the ultimate sacrifice, um, we uh, our organization is there to to uh, help put everything together in terms of making sure that we give an honoring and fitting service for the heroes. And I should mention, Brian is also the deputy police chief in Crystal and president of the Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial Association. And it's uh, some years. Your services are required a lot. Uh, you hope your services are never required. But I, I imagine at a time like this, uh, the families truly appreciate uh, you helping to coordinate bringing all of law enforcement together uh, to pay respects. Well, one of uh, one of our goals is to get with those family members within the first day or so. And really the, the goal of that conversation, in addition to bringing condolences on behalf of all of our colleagues throughout the state is to make sure that they understand that they don't need to worry about any of the details of planning a service, that that uh, all they need to worry about is, is focusing on grieving and the next steps for them and letting us know what their wishes are. And we, uh, we will make sure that it happens exactly the way that they want it to happen. And I imagine this is one of those occasions where you hope it drives home the point again about uh, law enforcement, uh, including yourself. Every day when you go off to work, you don't have any assurances that you're coming home. And uh, sometimes uh, people lose sight of that when it gets into the political fray. But this is the reality of these men and women uh, here in Minnesota, across the country, who put their lives on the line every day when they have no idea what they're going to walk into. 
Yeah, there's no question about that. And in fact, you know, I shared yesterday, Tom, with with some of your colleagues that I was speaking with that, you know, even in the midst of this, even yesterday, while all of this was fresh, there are men and women putting on law enforcement, firefighter, EMS uniforms and continuing to serve. We see the visuals of the processions, the long processions, hundreds of squad cars and fire trucks. Um, and I think in that we tend to forget the fact that there are still 911 calls coming in. There are still people who are needing the services that first responders provide, and officers are still doing it. Even it, even with this being fresh in the back of their mind, even as this incident was playing out yesterday morning, um, they're continuing to serve because it's their calling. And that includes responding to uh, domestic calls, which – I know in law enforcement from all of the officers that I know, uh, they say those are the most unpredictable uh, circumstances you can walk into because uh, people are – their passions and emotions are inflamed and you just don't know what you're walking into. And I imagine they're also among the most common calls that occur every single day and, uh, again, the most unpredictable. Yeah, there's uh, certainly I would say that there's no question to that. And as you alluded to, right, I mean, we respond to lots of calls and we don't know what we're walking into in any of them. I think oftentimes one of the different dynamics in a domestic type call is is there's history there. There's uh, there's a lot of, as you mentioned, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of intensity. Uh, and it, it didn't just it did this. This conflict didn't just happen. This has uh, this has accumulated over time, and now our officers are coming into this volatile situation really with no background um, and having to try and piece it together. Now, have you had a chance yourself to have any contact with any of the family members of the three fallen heroes? We'll be meeting with those families this morning. How difficult is that? It hasn't occurred in this case, but I'm sure you've been through it before. Um, because these people, in in addition to losing loved ones, they're in shock. Uh, How difficult is that uh, for you and others uh, who have to lend a helping hand in this uh, horrible circumstance? Well, you know, I think for me, um, having had to do this a number of times, the it really what happens is similar every time, and that is it's a long drive to – the home or wherever it is that we are going to be meeting. And um, I sit in my car silently for a little bit to have some time of prayer uh, and then walk in. And as you said, you know, everybody, most people have, you know, understand what tragedy is. Certainly you see a whole lot of shock um, and trying to piece together what does this mean. Uh, And really, you know, our job, my job at that point is to walk in there and and try and offer some reassurance and try and let the family know that even though um, I didn't maybe know their loved ones, I didn't know them, um, that we as a community are going to come around them in mass um, and make sure that they're supported. But I'll tell you, Tom, every time I've I've had the honor and I call it an honor because I'm sitting with you at your kitchen table in probably your lowest moment and to be allowed into that space certainly i don't take for granted but every time i sit there i uh every single time i've sat there i thought i don't want somebody to be having this conversation with my wife uh 
and then quickly I'm, am able to follow that up by, boy, but I'm glad somebody is having this conversation. And it is really that, it is that mindset that we go into um, trying to help facilitate all of this for these families and these uh, partners who have also experienced a, a great loss. We are talking to Brian Hubbard, president of the Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial Association. And Brian, you are commended for taking on this role because it's not a role uh, a lot of people would relish or might even be very good at because it's very difficult to know what to say to people at the lowest moment of their lives. And that is certainly true for the families of Matthew Ruge, age 27, Paul Elmstrand, age 27, and Adam Finseth, uh, age 40. Uh, these are, are families that are devastated. They're still in shock. We're just 24 hours into this. And uh, you have a difficult day ahead uh, for you. And I know you know that's nothing compared to what they're going through. But uh, what will be the next step after you meet with the families? Then is that when you'll decide when funeral arrangements will happen, what kind of procession there will be, that kind of thing? Yeah, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll meet this morning with, uh, with the families. Um, our counterparts, excuse me, our counterparts on the fire side are, are uh, planning to do the same. And once we, you know, our, as I think I mentioned, our, our, our goal in this is to make sure that the family's wishes are, are, uh, are followed through on. And so once we get a chance to sit with the families a little bit and get a little bit of a sense, uh, then we'll meet with uh, Chief Schwartz and her team um, later on today to uh, start talking about kind of what we've, what we've found out about what the family wishes are. And then we'll start uh, working towards making some plans that fit that uh, or, or fit all of those wishes. Brian Hubbard, thank you for the work uh, you do as Deputy Police Chief in Crystal and as President of the Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial Association. And really to all of the men and women in blue and all of the firefighters out there in the state of Minnesota, uh, we're glad that they have you in their corner to help them at this horrible, uh, horrific time. Uh, Brian Hubbard, thank you again for joining us. Thanks. All right. Best of luck to Brian Hubbard as he meets with the families of Matthew Ruge and Paul Elmstrand later today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.